0: What's up, guys? It's your boy, Johnny Bananas, and I'll be covering all the treachery, deceit, backstabbing, and murder from Season 2 of The Traitors US on my podcast, Death, Taxes, and Bananas. I'll be joined all season by my fellow castmates to swap stories, provide all the behind-the-scenes antics, and sordid details from filming. So, sally forth and join me for Season 2 of The Traders every Saturday on the Ringer Reality TV podcast feed. It's one shining podcast presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now you can check out the new and improved parlay hub, filter by odd sport and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus start betting on the explore page and the pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG To learn more about the resources and helplines available, and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 or older and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com/rg.
1: There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda the power of dreams visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more
0: on today's episode of One Shining Podcast, it is a Manic Monday with J. Kyle Mann, and we're going to do the good, the bad, the ugly in college basketball, and of course we're going to start with Ed Cooley's Providence return, which was a saga to say the least. We also got a controversial call in Cameron Indoor that we'll talk about. We'll talk about UConn looking unstoppable, Houston's historic defense, and uh, New Mexico is a team that we have to talk about now, especially with both Patinos in the building. So there was a lot going on in college. Basketball, excited to get to all of it. Kyle, anything else before we get into today's episode? Might have to
1: hit Melrose and hit the uh, <laughs> hit the suit shop because we're going to be courtside at USC yeah. this week. Gold chains, two of them, count them. But first, <laughs> Woody Durham. He takes the timeout.
0: Welcome to One Shining Podcast. It is Monday, January 29th. It is a Manic Monday and Kyle Mann is on the line. Kyle Mann, good to see you, man good to see you too so you got your
2: usa basketball long oh yeah on a man with the, with the og logo on it i like that is that
0: vintage or did you is that a reprint Wait, where'd you get that? this is, this is so vintage that it has a hole in it come man. uh Hell that yeah. is that is the uh i think i got this is from my brother so i'll give him the credit he had this but this is like a hand-me-down special that i have just had in my closet for quite some time and uh usa basketball 41 players in the pool Ka, man. so uh I'm very excited to see how this all plays out, but I will say we need De'Aaron Fox on that roster. We need Zion, Zion Williamson on that roster. Uh, we need Paolo Bancaro on that roster, so we can believe in the future of USA basketball. And of course, Ant Man himself—he's the face of the young guys. So uh, no a Zion side in there mark. either. Was there Zion's know. in there? Zion Who's is the Zion okay. is our Charles Barkley of of the present. We need we need him to watch tape from 1992 and say. That is my spirit animal. That is what I need to do in FIBA basketball. Use my strength. Use my quickness and dominate. That's what we need from Zion Williamson. So We need, uh, need
2: him to walk around in the purple jersey and shorts tucked in with the dress shoes. He just needs to recreate. I've always said he needs to recreate the Barkley Godzilla commercial. He just needs yeah. to get, get in a rhythm. I think it, emulating
0: Barkley would be a good. He's he's just a different dude. Quieter dude. not Not the same energy. Yeah, Barkley. uh, Mentor this man. Uh, That's what we're asking for. But uh, yeah, a nice little USA basketball tangent. As you know, Kyle Mann and I, we're locked in on USA basketball. always, Always, always looking at the future of what we have ahead. But now let's talk about college basketball because there were 153 games on Saturday, 15 on Sunday. But 153 games on Saturday. I just want to reiterate that for all the fans at home. You know, I have people that reach out to me like, why didn't you give your thoughts on Bradley? Why didn't you why didn't you give us an update on Duquesne, how you felt about the Dukes? Um, there's 153 games. Shout out to YouTube TV. I'm doing the best with the multi view. I'm watching as many games as possible. Uh, I even watched some FTCU this weekend. You know what I mean? Shout out to Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast with a big win. But you do your best, Kyle, man, but I, I wanted to start there. How can we physically, a, as a group of college basketball purveyors and watchers, really watch all these games? Is it possible? Because um, I, I see people act like they do it, but I, I learned this weekend as I tried that it was impossible. I just, I, I always miss something, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I th- I think what you what you have to do, and I've talked to a lot of other NBA people. Just covering the NBA alone, you have to kind of learn some of these metho- methodologies. Um, oh gosh, when you're doing NBA and college, and you're trying to kind of keep up with prospects internationally and stuff like that, you gotta you start to learn. Okay, pick your hey, spots. You- a you can get you know, some platforms help if you're not watching live. There's the skip right. button. I, I'm a key command wizard on the computer. I'm like like I can I can speed through a game. Also, if it's a game that maybe I know isn't a major storyline or it was a blowout, I've I've learned like how to follow certain play types and like I can get the gist of this game through these actions over and it'll be like a group of them. And then if I know I need to get more granular for a more specific matchup, I can I can, you know, go in and do that. But you kind of have to pick your, you just pick your battles because if you want to watch games constantly, uh, it's, well, I mean, it's physically just not possible. Yeah, I mean, you, you can, like, boil it down to, like, 40 minutes if you want and skip the free throws and skip walking up the the ball up the court, but that's just a little behind the curtain of how you do it, folks. It's, uh, it's hard. Or you can watch a bunch at once and miss, a, you're still going to miss a bunch. You know, you'll that, even hear coaches be like, I got to go back and watch it. It's just part yeah. of the game, man.
0: Yeah, the multi-view aspect of it all, you know what I mean? I'm like ping-ponging my eyes around the screen as I try to figure out what's going on where. And uh, I do pride myself on watching the games. So I think there's a lot of people in media uh, that don't want to watch the games, that want to tell you what they read after the games and then you know, digest it and basically regurgitate it back to you. I will not regurgitate. I will tate, and I will watch these games. I will do my <laughs> best. Um, and I did watch uh, the good game of the weekend and the good guy of the weekend, Ed Cooley, His return to Providence, uh, in case you missed it, this is basically same level as Chris Beard going back to Texas Tech. And Chris Beard, when he went there after the game, obviously, Texas lost that game to Texas Tech. And he said, it's not about me. Um, It's about, you know, this program at Texas Tech. You know, congratulations to them. Congratulations to Coach Adams. We remember that in 2022. Um, Ed Cooley went to Providence and said, it is about me. Um, And I want you to know and it is about me. Um, he walks in the door. He's immediately kissing babies, shaking the security guard's hands, uh, patting people on the back. When he walks out on the court, he walks down to the Providence staff. He's shaking all their hands. He walks to the front row where the boosters are. He's kissing their hands, shaking mm-hmm. their hands. The crowd is throwing beers. They're chanting F. Ed Cooley. Um, they, they are trying to get at him, but he is trying to put on the ultimate good guy act as best he can. Um, and then in the middle of the game, comment, they cut to this weird video on Fox and Ed Cooley is like uh, it's like looks like a Tiger Woods interview from 2009 he's like sitting with a a blue screen kind of behind him and he says and he looks at the camera I get the joke Um, you know which I don't know what the joke is but I guess we are supposed to get the joke um, and that he uh, or understand that he gets what Providence is throwing at him but he spent the majority of the game and after the game taking credit for everything that Providence has ever done um, including their win that day against Georgetown um, but it was a very good guy move. He tried to win the people over. They said nay. And then he doubled down and said, You're welcome. It was a fascinating spectacle to say the least, yeah. it was it was a rowdy crowd. You could
2: tell they were they were drinking early. You could see that that was a crowd that got up <laughs> a, early lot in, in yeah, a lot of signs a lot of lot of beverages. Um, I mean, What's the move? You move in and you just be cool. I I understand trying to like meet, head it off, like, you you know, run out and and meet the negativity instead of like just walking in quietly. You said Chris Beard. I was trying to think of another like homecoming, uh, homecoming from somebody who, who defected. I mean, the only other one was, I mean, obviously that happened here was like when Patino came back to RUP in 2001, I guess it was, uh, which is good God, a long time ago. Um, (laughs) That one was nasty, uh, but there was there was a stop in between, you know. It wasn't if he had like gone directly to to our rival, uh, that would have been. But I can't think of another one other than Beard and Patino. Somebody will probably hit us up and tell us, but uh, it's kind of it's kind of rare air in terms of in in, in that sense, right? Because it seemed like a lateral move, uh, and you know you'll he is sort of the Ted Shaw of college basketball, and I'll leave that one there. But um, I don't know, I, I can't I can't think of another
0: one that's comparable. It was a move. I mean, I think Beard is the closest we've had, and Texas Tech let Beard know. I mean, there was a lot of FU Chris Beard chants. There was a lot of signs in that building. There was a lot of uh, all your fireside chats that you had with us, where you said you would never leave us. Uh, They were all fugazi. They were all fake. We hate you. Um, A lot of animosity in that game, and I think maybe even more animosity, not to take away from what Providence was doing, but more unhinged animosity and more scary atmosphere at the Texas Tech game, and now um, that just comes with maybe the, the the crowd in general there, because if you've seen Texas Tech fans, if they play Old Town Road, they start, you know, finger gun pointing from the hip. You know what I mean? Like John Morant would love going to a Texas Tech basketball game. I'll just say that. <laughs> and uh, it's one of those things where it is electric and Providence got got it and and they brought it as well. Um, I think Ed Cooley, obviously Georgetown playing well in this game. They won the race to 69. They're up 69-68. But then the real story of the game was Devin Carter, a guy who has a relationship with Ed Cooley. Um, You know, Dad played in the NBA. I think he's a guy that's going to be moving up the the ringer draft board at some point. But Devin Carter scored 11 of Providence's final 16 points, um, and he has 29 points in the game in 38 minutes. And he was became the story like it was all ed cooley it was all about ed cooley they look at the huddle they show the crowd people are throwing beers in the eye in the air and then all of a sudden Devin carter takes over threw down a huge windmill shout out to to anybody with the last name carter i think you're immediately able to throw down a windmill but um he, no, the most harder play over. of the game was the one where he cut baseline and caught that reverse lob. That was the right. most harder play of the game, I thought. Right? Yeah. And then he had a. It was basically a full court length alley oop uh, at one point. That as was well. ridiculous too. I don't <laughs> yeah. think I
2: was trying to think of the. He he's he's got some sneaky like you watch his body, his gait, and he doesn't move like somebody that can. You know what I mean? It's like the gait and the explosiveness don't usually the way a guy moves. You can kind of tell. You get a. You can kind of get a sense how good of an athlete they are. Right. He's a little surprising with that. Like, uh, that that full court one was crazy. And then Kyle texts us uh, during the game and lets us know if a real time
0: addition to Kyle's mm. guys. Right. Because yeah. Right. Kevin Carter fan was converted <laughs> during the game. I love to see it. And uh, it was good that at least it came back to a Providence player. Providence wins this game. Devin Carter gets all the adoration and attention. And of course, Ed Cooley after the game, make sure to get the photo opportunity with Devin Carter to make sure that everybody knows that they have a great relationship. It was great. Good guy work by Ed Cooley. And then after the game, he said that he is waiting for his bonus check from the energy that is in the AMP. Um, used to be Dunkin' Donuts uh, Arena, but now it is the AMP, obviously. And uh, Ed Cooley says he wants his bonus check for building that atmosphere, which I'm sure Providence fans love to hear that. And then he had a a follow-up interview with Matt Norlander. Shout out to Matt Norlander. And he had this quote in there. And he said, quote, last time I checked, we have a democracy. Last time I checked, slavery ended years ago. Nobody owns me and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. And that's okay." End quote. I didn't hear that quote. (laughs) God. yeah. And it, it feels like a nod to Nipsey Hussle. You know what I mean? I don't know if you ever heard that song. Last time that I checked. I mean, that that's literally what it started as. And then as it kept going, you're like, this is very Michael Scott. Where is this sentence going to end? Because it is, it is going off the rails quickly. Um, that is what the Ed Cooley experience was this weekend. It was a, a very strange hum, homecoming. Um, I think there's a bit of a rivalry that's going to be brewing here. And he did. He tried to he tried to give Kim English credit, but unfortunately, we did not talk about Kim English at all. We talked about Devin Carter. We talked about Ed Cooley, but the conversation was not about Kim Kim English at this point. And hopefully, as Ed Cooley did say in his press conference, give him credit, uh, the conversation eventually will be about Kim English and his Providence team because they are a good team uh, and obviously missing Bryce Hopkins at this point. But it was a strange, strange media event, Kyle, man. That's all I can say. I, I, there were multiple times where I just my mouth dropped. I'm like, what What just happened? What did he say? What is going on? Uh, the Ed Cooley experience. It was a circus, man. Uh, you were talking
2: about Cooley does kind of like he has some of that Coach K kind of I'm a leader of men coming from uh, coming from a very dignified kind of position. And I'm going to like give you just, you know, <laughs> be oratorial like all the time in a way it's uh, which this is that's the nature of kind of coaches that's the it's there's an overlap I think between like politicians preachers and coaches it's like the same personality types I think kind of tend to get into that profession but for all, I mean, like, overall in the, just the basketball sense, I mean, there were runs both ways. You know, the Providence League got up to as high as 13 in the second half. Um, Georgetown had chances to hang around. You know, Jaden Epps had some plays. He it took him a minute to get going, but he hit a variety of shots. He was getting to the rim. He hit some sort of, like, off-ball action threes. They ran, like, one hammer three to the corner and where he got open. But they were ultimately, like, both teams were kind of jittery with the ball. I don't know if it was the excitement of the game, but yeah. um, Georgetown in particular, like, I think one of the things that was really a backbreaker they had a few just like pick 6 passes I know it was a big football weekend so I'll throw that bone to you guys um but there were a lot of there were just some pick 6 plays that were backbreakers for them and and again on Carter man I mean one of the one of the batter assed like endings to a game that i can remember mm-hmm. i mean i think i think the baddest asked like ending to a game other than like a game winner is like oj mayo is like the end of his high school career i think that was probably the coolest one i ever saw where he he dunked it and just threw it into the stands yeah. and the game wasn't over uh but yeah man it was it was a heck of an atmosphere you, yeah it was like it was like 69 68 with like a minute
0: 54 to go so georgetown was in the game Yeah, the the two most badass finishes that I can think of was when uh, Jordan back when he played Maryland in 84, he does the rock the cradle dunk at the end of the game. And Dean Smith immediately apologizes to Lefty Drizelle in Maryland. Like, I'm sorry that he just showboated, which signs of the times. And then Dennis Smith Jr. in Cameron Indoor at 2017. Uh, The dunk did not count, but the dunk was felt in that building. And Mark Gottfried, you know, smacks uh, Coach K on the ass uh, after that game. What a moment in time. Uh, Those are some two good ones. But yeah, Devin, carter he embodied the student body and all the people in that building and uh kind of became them at some level and got the big win so shout out to providence shout out to ed cooley for the entertainment um I, it was a roller coaster uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure it was for him as well but watching from the outside it was insane so there you go we got good guy of the week maybe good guy of the century ed cooley the bag let's talk about iowa state hilton magic uh they beat kansas This weekend on Saturday. And right now they have won their last seven home games versus ranked teams. And uh, there is Hilton magic in the air. Um, Jerome Tang said that there is uh, people listening to his huddles and texting within Hilton. Um, They're arguing the Wi-Fi isn't good enough for that. That's a separate conversation. But uh, (laughs) uh, what are your thoughts on uh, TJ Otzelberger's team? And, uh, you know, Trey King was, was the real star in this game. Uh, I wonder, you know, if, if it were me, if I were Iowa State, I'd just get like an off books,
2: like a separate Starlink account just for just for behind <laughs> the bench. So we get some like, you right. know, we get some like Pentagon grade Wi-Fi. Right. So we, Everything's know, no, getting sent. Yeah. No latency. We can stream 4K. We're good to go, you know. So, um no, I mean, overall, I wanted to shout out too that. Uh, I'm a really big fan. I'm pretty sure Raf, Iron Eagle, and I think it was Jay Wright on this call, too. Right. That that three man team we're in good hands i like yeah, i hope great. That, that i hope we get to a lot of that in the in the tournament uh instead of the uh you know that well we're not obviously not going to get nance and like grand hill but i, I like that a team um overall i mean i think the story of the game is kansas came into this game saying that like okay iowa state is like a dominant like paint points team like 33.4 percent of their points up to this point uh were uh we're in the paint. And KU was like, all right, we're going to just shut that water off. We're going to switch everything. We're going to make sure that you guys don't get the penetration you normally get. We're not going to give you those easy buckets. And they were like, we're going to just take a chance and assume that you're not going to make threes. Well, lo and behold, Iowa State has an out-of-body three-point
0: game. Uh, you mentioned Trey King. Uh, are you a big Trey King fan? I like Trey King a lot. I, I like the eye and eagle call that he had, too. Trey King is not human. I thought that was great. That was a great yeah. call this weekend.
2: Yeah, I thought overall, yeah, I mean, they did a good job. I mean, like Dickinson's not like an elite like rim protector, but he did do a good
0: job, like hurrying them and like keeping them yeah, out of the twenty payments. and fifteen in that game, by the way, for Dickinson, a little underrated twenty and fifteen.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know Trey King though is a fifth year senior. He's from Lexington, actually. I hadn't made that connection, but went to Hargrave, uh, fifth year senior, went to EK Eastern Kentucky. But just for some reference, I mean, like. Seven, seven threes is the most. They were conceding these shots. I mean, like, granted, Iowa State, I think they took 30, 30 threes in this game and they shot 46.7%. Um, if you're Bill Self, you know, and you're on the road in a tough environment like that, it's frustrating. But, you know, this was a ball game with just like, I, I think it was, God, it was close down to the second. Yeah, like it was a two-point game with like forty forty three 43 seconds left. Um, yeah. King, King makes four threes in this game. Um, they got some like off ball action. I d- I'm kind of just wondering about you know we know Dewan Harris is a good on ball defender. We know McCuller's solid. We know that we know that Dickinson can can bother stuff at the rim. But you wonder about teams spreading them out. And then once they have spread them out, um, it's the pieces in between that I'm concerned about because Timberlake and Furphy, uh, Iowa State just kind of poked that sore all game. Like Furphy, he dies on screens. He's slow in closeouts. And uh, Iowa State just kind of punished them. Maybe you play this game 100 times. Iowa State wins it 30 times. I don't know. I don't know what the number is. Um, I don't know. How concerning is it? Do Do you think Iowa State does that again? Or is
0: it just a fluke thing for Kansas? How worried are you if you're Kansas, I guess? I think if you're Kansas you come away from this game and you're like we still haven't found our fifth guy. I mean, they have their core four, we know who they are, and Furphy looks the part, but defensively like you said he can get picked on. Uh they want El Marco to be that guy, but there's obviously, you know, been some headaches with some turnovers and just some, you know, boneheaded plays to say the least. So, um, they're just trying to find that fifth guy, and it is crazy because Cam Spencer, Harrison Ingram, right? These are guys that they were in the mix on and they take the the guy who was rated as the best transfer and Nick Timberlake, who was, I mean, he was electric being able to shoot the basketball at Towson and now mm-hmm. he's a liability. And I, and I think that's just, I think that's going to be the damning part unless Furphy can get some consistency um, or they figure out how to deal when he gets picked on. Um, but that—that that is the problem and that's continued to be the problem for Kansas. They need that fifth guy and they, They've tried to rotate in multiple guys to find it, and uh, it just is not working. So um, that that's a concerning part. And then uh, it, for Iowa State side, I mean, it's just trying to confirm the fact that we can take this energy that we have at home and shooting we have at home on the road. Um, we'll talk about New Mexico a little bit later. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. It's like I like these teams at home. But I I don't know what it is when they're not at home, and I and I want to see if that can translate at some level. So it was a big win. Um, the other thing is T.J. Otzelberger after this big win, instead of being able to talk about beating Kansas and uh, you know running through the dog park playing pretty well, he has to de- deny the spying rumors uh, that were levied against him by Jerome Tang and Kansas State on Wednesday night. Um, he called them quote ludicrous, uh, you so- know. And- yeah. So he 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 said that they he alleged that they were like recording is what he was saying in the huddle. That's what that if I'm getting that right. Yeah, that they basically someone was recording or at least listening in on the Kansas State huddle to figure out what plays they were running or what they were doing, what switches they were making, whatever it is, and then they were texting or electronically communicating. I think was the way that they you know in, in, inferred what he was saying and got it back to the Iowa State bench and Otzelberger. Um, you know, he basically said it was incredibly disappointing. Uh, you know, they had an awesome game off, awesome atmosphere, all this sort of stuff, but we're talking about this instead. Um, Jerome Tang, I have his quote here. <laughs> he said, I know you saw what you saw. That's what he told the reporters after the game. And he said, but I'm not going to talk about it. Um, so he kind of was like, you know, what was going on. Um, I don't have to elaborate or add any more detail to it, but you know, you guys know. Um, and then Otzelberger with that kind of, you know, cloud being, you know, formed uh, over his program, he said, let's put this to bed here. It didn't happen. It won't happen. And others need to be much more careful with their words moving forward. Um, Jerome Tang also said he loves TJ Otzelberger and the way he runs his program. So (laughs) he kind of covered him, covered his bases there, but yeah, there, there's a lot to be discussed, but it sounds like Otzelberger is uh, trying to nip it in the bud as quickly as possible.
2: Yeah, it's funny how these guys—they take you know four steps forward and then two steps back to try to like <laughs> soften. You know, it's like the, the the Rodney Terry thing. He's like you know going off on Johnny Dawkins' players, and he then he comes back pedals. You know, uh, and we'll we'll talk more about them in a minute. I know, but I'm just curious, like to come into the press conference with that like. Presumption that everyone saw. I'm just curious. Like, did he see a s- suspicious guy in like a trench
0: coat and like, like
2: uh, a <laughs> like you know like one of those hats? I think
0: uh, it, I think it could be as innocuous as like he saw a recorder, or he saw someone with like an Iowa State shirt on, you know. And then and then uh, Otzelberger said that they had cussed out one of the managers, Iowa State managers. So maybe he thought like an Iowa State manager was listening into the huddle and then like re- re- you know relaying the message, uh, like he's a runner basically to the the Iowa State team. But for all that to happen in real time is a lot. You know what it I mean? Is. And that would be very sophisticated to be. And also, even if you know what someone's going to play, run. I mean, obviously that helps, but you still have to stop it at some level. So I, I it seems well, like a lot for a little game. Let
2: me speak to this from the production standpoint, and we talked about like viewing games and the technology that's available. Okay, let mm-hmm. me—I'm uh, sure you guys have heard of Synergy. Our guy is uh, my Matt Curley, my guy, my Synergy guy is probably listening to this and 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 uh, smiling, I'm sure. But uh these games get uploaded in real time. Do you ever wonder on Twitter why I have a clip? from a game that like, I'm not pulling it off my TiVo. It's like online. (laughs) So these college Mm -hmm. teams, like while the game is happening, the footage is being uploaded. So like you can watch, you know, even if they weren't recording it, you can know what, like what they're doing in real time. Like the assistants can go and you see this in the NBA all the time. It's uploaded in real time. So the flow of information is pretty to the second. The other part is Tate, you're a production person. Um, if you were recording, you you know what kind of microphone you would have to have to like, like if you had the video to even single out what people are saying, I mean, I guess you could like take a picture of their clipboard maybe, but you'd have to have a directional mic that was like, you'd have to have a boom mic basically yeah. to get the the level of like bleed out of the audio. I'm just saying, I guess it's possible. It's just, I'm curious that he thought it was so <laughs> obvious. I, I'm just asking, I'd throw it to you. Like, What kind of equipment would you need to have something that was clear as day? that you could take to their bench and be ready to like use it in any kind of like applicable way immediately it's it seems like a, a stretch for me just on that front
0: well it would be hilarious if they just had a manager with a boom mic that they were just like <laughs> <laughs> dropping into the huddle. I'm filming a reality TV show. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's for the in in arena uh, jumbotron. No, no, don't worry about it. Um, that would actually be great. Yeah, I, I think it there's a lot of holes in, in the allegation, which is why I think Otzelberger was so quick to try to address it because he's like, I don't want this to run rampant where people are saying the reason that they, you know, win games at Hilton is because they're taping the huddles and, you know, relaying information back and forth because uh, we've already seen that in the Big Ten in football and and all those accusations and the whole Stallions thing. So um, I just don't, I, I wish that, you know, I know Jerome Tink said he won't say anymore. Um, but it would be nice maybe if he did give some clarity on it, right? I mean, and obviously there's frustration from the from being on the losing side in that game as well. I'm just wondering how quickly
2: they think it's gonna like how much of a difference in the speed it's gonna make like because let's say that like are they are they implying that like they heard it during the same timeout and went and told the, t- the coaches like in the same TV timeout they like ran it because these coaches and these like grad assistants they can see what's going on and I'm, I know I'm like belaboring the point at this point but it just they can see what happened and then, like, immediately make an adjustment. Like, I guess that all depends on your players, like, doing the thing that you told them to do correctly. And then the opposing coaches can observe that and be like, okay, they made this adjustment. I don't know, man. I guess it's all just sort of, uh, I don't know. It's all sort of this sort of common dance of strategy, and maybe they're thinking this is just, like, a, a slight edge. But Musselman said some interesting things, I thought, after like, the scouting iterations are really interesting. He said, or Cal said this after the Arkansas game, that, like, it's so week to week with the scouting now and it's so detailed that like, I don't know, the information war has just gotten more granular I think than it was in the past.
0: Yeah, it's like little tidbits that are the the kind of ticks to know and things to watch out for, and things that they're running, you know, in the past, you know, week or two weeks or whatever it is, and those are the, the that's the information that's being shared. Uh, it it does feel like Jerome Tang had something to say about the managers more than anything. He I think he was pissed about the managers being around his huddle, and then I think he extrapolated this out to like why are they so around us and and and, you know why are they kind of like you know hawking over our huddles and if and if they are doing this there has to be some sort of nefarious reason for it a la they're, they're texting information and they're stealing information for a model, you know what I mean that and, manager
2: and, leaned down and he had a corsage <laughs> on and he had no reason and there was a micro it was a Linda trip microphone that he, yeah <laughs> it's, it's obviously
0: respect <laughs> to the managers that they that they like got that much respect or attention from the Kansas State coaching staff so uh, the Iowa State managers you guys are doing the Lord's work all right so we've done the good we've done the bad. let's do the ugly let's talk about the must bus Um, 10 and 10 they're sitting at 500 right now they've lost six of their uh seven games in the the sec at this point and eric musselman after the game i mean i mean during the game He looked distraught. I mean, it started out well for Arkansas. Devo Davis, the report comes out before the game that he has been dismissed from this program. He started the season supposed to be the leader of this team. Now he's not even on the team. Um, It has been a bit of a nightmare on the must bus. We are completely off the road. We're on a dirt path, and uh, there is no uh, civilization in sight at this point. Uh, You watch this game. Your Kentucky Wildcats are playing in this game. What were your takeaways from the Arkansas side? Because we know they have talent. Um, but they kind of made like a mid-major all-star team, and it's just not working out for Mus-Bus. Well, how dare you rephrase the the public messaging of uh, he he stepped away
2: from the team, Tate. He okay. wasn't he wasn't dismissed. How dare you? I just right. want to say he that he stepped
0: away. He just <laughs> stepped away. That's right. Yeah, he just got off the bus. He's like, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna stop here. He stepped away like a
2: deadbeat dad would from his family that he doesn't want to be with anymore. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, he's he's a guy that Devo has. Devo has had sort of a, like a mercurial relationship on the team anyway. He seemed like one of those, you know, chaotic variables for them that, you know, trended positive in some situations, in some big situations. And I, I guess they were betting on that. And, and, you know, it swung negative this year. And you're right about the talent. I mean, they it's similar. It reminds me a lot of the Louisville situation. You know, you've got a lot of pieces that go together here that are together that are top 100 players. Um, and. It just hasn't. It just hasn't panned out, and maybe maybe it's a focus issue that, like you know, Trayvon Brazil being out in this game was a big big deal for them too. That hurt some of the well. That that
0: injury's weird too. I mean, yeah. there, there's all types of questions about that. And if you've watched Arkansas with Brazil, he has not played like the Brazil we saw last year in Maui before he got injured. I mean, he takes a lot more threes. He, you know, doesn't like to initiate contact. I mean, he's just been a little bit more skittish than he was last year playing. And now there's like the injury conversation. There's kind of a cloud around the injury. Mark's had some injuries. He's kind of their best player. I mean, at least when Arkansas played Carolina early in the season, he was incredible. Uh, But he's had his own issues. There's just so much going on with this team. And there's also... It feels like there's a lot going on behind the scenes that obviously we're not privy to and and we don't want to speculate on that. But every even when they asked Musselman about Devo, he's like, Yeah, Mike already addressed that. You know? Oh, yeah. Like he, he wouldn't have any of it. He, he wasn't having any of it. He's like, Yeah, that that's that's not a conversation. So I mean, it that that's what's fascinating. And this musk is supposed to be like the lovable. I ripped my shirt off. My players love me. I'm almost like a I'm a I'm a hard, tough nosed guy, but I'm also a coach's player it does, none of that energy is emanating from this team right now it's an
2: unhappy team i mean it's not i don't think you have to be you know a, a, <laughs> a behavioral expert to to see that it's just the way they play and they maybe maybe davis being away from the team will help them focus a little bit but we, you know we mentioned like they're their projected top talent and it's like you know, Tremont Mark, who you mentioned, is the only guy among that group of five guys who are and, you know, rankings, if you want to use that as the end all be all of like whether or not a team's talented guys emerge later. We see that every single year. We'll see that with a guy like Dalton Connect that we'll talk about here in a minute. So it's not necessarily the the gospel, but among those players, I mean, you've only got one guy in double figures, and you have got you know Makai Mitchell who had a great, who had probably his best game of the year. If you listen to Mus and just kind of use your eyes, um, he he had a great game, but he's only averaging you know five one on the year and then three and a half rebounds. So they haven't gotten consistency. You know, poor L Ellis leaves a terrible Louisville situation uh, and go and goes to goes to uh, worst situation the maybe same. maybe not worse, but yeah. It's- Similar, similar feelings, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they did a good job, kind of slowing the slowing the game down. I think you know, South Carolina did a good job. I think in in Kentucky's previous road game, uh, you know, bumping them off of uh, bumping them off of their lines and making them finish through contact and things like that. And they're like, okay, you know, the, the blueprint that was kind of established was like, hey, if you if you shut this water off, if you shut these physical drives off, it's going to cut off their perimeter looks. It's just kind of basic basketball stuff. Um, but I think, you know, going forward on the Kentucky side of it, I think if you look at that South Carolina game and you look at this, they had to learn to win one of these games. They're going to have to figure out how to do this. They had some distribution of like, who should be triggering their offense. I made a, you know, an argument on Twitter about like, I think that Reed should probably be the guy, you know, initiating the first bit of their offense. Cause he's a good decision maker DJ, if he's in single coverage and he has a pass to the rim go and finish, but you know, he needs to get, he did a little bit better. Um, but it, it reminds me of that quote from, um, you know, it's it's a Buddha it's a Buddhist quote, but it was quoted in, in the movie Air, which I know you loved. Uh, you know, should you find a wise critic to point out your faults, follow him as you would a guide to hidden treasure. So you know what? You mm. can either complain about teams playing you physically or you can be happy that somebody pointed it out early and you don't figure that out like when it's too late. So they're they're just kind of figuring out how to play physically for Arkansas. Where do they go from here? I, you know, it's it is I I don't know. Really, last year was a little kind of quietly turmoil-ridden too, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, last year they thought that they were on their way to, you know, Final Four National Championship territory because of the talent that was on the team. But they had, you know, Nick Smith in and out of the lineup. I mean, there, there was a lot of stuff last year where it was like, almost felt like they had too much talent on this team. Now with this team, they go more into like a muscleman transfer portal, you know, all-star team that we put together, but the pieces don't really fit. There obviously some animosity going on. Um, And Musk just seems like he doesn't have any answers, which is, uh, you know, sometimes I've jokingly called him a sandbagger. um, And, you know, he started out slow and he's a second half muscleman, you know, that that's what he does. But this season just feels like uh, it's a bit of a loss. And, and, And on the Kentucky side, It was good to see them win ugly, you know, just from someone that has watched this team. um, It's nice when you can win a game where you don't play your best game. Also, it's nice to see Reed Shepard get a steal and a dunk. I thought that was a nice little uh, wink-wink to say, I'm really here. I'm really that guy. I can do this. Um, One last thing on this game, and we'll talk about the Kentucky side. Uh, Reed Shepard, number one on the big board, college, or not number one on the big board, but first college basketball player off the board in KOC's mock draft. Is that going to happen? Is he going to be on my Charlotte Hornets? Is that real? Because um, I I asked KOC and he's like he's the best player in college basketball and I'm I see I see some of it but you know he does look like he's at the the Fraser family re- reunion you know what I mean like I I'm, I'm a little I'm shocked <laughs> he's in the top five. So you mean six two and white? Is that kind of what you're yes, saying? That, Is that... That, yeah,
1: he what he looks,
0: looks like one of my cousins.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah um i don't it's it's been a little bit of uh it's been hard for me to sort of calibrate myself with like just what's on the board and what typically is on the board at this spot you know Reed is really efficient um I, the thing that i've always kind of kept a reserve, reserved some some enthusiasm about it because i'm like okay he's he's very efficient within sort of like confined paths like he does certain things and he makes those decisions like i want i was reserving judgment for like okay how how efficient is he when he starts like manipulating the defense and is like making making passes that are a response to teams trying to stop him from scoring and the him trying to score part of it is the part of it that hadn't really been you know he's he's aggressive here and there but you're starting to see it a little more um, maybe we'll see more of that, you know, with, you know, Cal conveniently said that Edwards hurt his knee and I think this is a good opportunity for him to make the change. It also might be an opportunity for him to move Reed to the point guard spot, which I, I, people have been asking for that all year. You know, I think, I think it's yeah. time and maybe we'll start to see, you know, him, uh, for a lot of people are already convinced, you know, for, for me, I'm just like, <laughs> okay, I don't know what the exact comp for this guy is. Is he a movement shooter? Is he... Um, is he in the Trey Jones, Tyus Jones, like a like a really useful point guard like that? Uh, I'm still kind of deciding what I think his NBA ceiling is. But to answer your question, um, I don't know. Does he have the highest ceiling? Do you, do you see him being a guy that's like I have an offensive mode that is so hard to stop? that I can become like a 20-plus point scorer. Like if he's the number one pick, you would think that would be the expectation if you're using the number one pick. But this is just, this is a class that doesn't have normal superstars in it.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting class. And I think because he's such a sure thing, we know he's a good basketball player. His value, his floor is, is the highest. You know what I mean? You know that if you put him on a team, he's going to be a positive contribution. But it, it goes back to like, if I have a guy who I know that's the case, is he really a top five pick? Uh, when I have a Cody Williams, for example, on the board where I can see a much higher ceiling for who he can be in the NBA. So, I mean, it is a good conversation. It's a fascinating conversation. It's also great, I think, for college basketball sake that like someone like Reed Shepard is is being talked about in this way. And you got Zach Eady moving up the board. I mean, because the draft. The the class is the way it is. The draft is going to be different than most drafts, and and I think a lot of guys are going to get talked into um, you know spots that we we might be shocked by otherwise. I mean, even Dalton Connect, that's saw he's fifteen on the board. He, he's going to move up as he continues to has score. To. He has I don't to. see I don't see how R.J. Davis doesn't end up being a second round pick or a late first round conversation if he continues to score at this point. I mean, there, there's like you can talk yourself into certain guys because of their skill set. And because of their release, and because of all these sorts of things, where you're like, I can see it. I can see the translation. Reed, I don't see the translation because, like you said, I don't know if he's a point guard. I don't know if he's a shooting guard. I don't know if he's like a spot minutes point guard, but more of a combo. Guard. I don't know what it is. I or think if he's, he's a point Joe guard him. for sure. Uh, I don't I think, think. I don't think he's like enough of a like volume scorer.
2: Like I, I don't. I just don't. With those types of guys, where I'm like, is he a point guard or not? It usually is like, okay, he has a scoring profile that I know does a certain thing. Will he become, that's more DJ to me. Uh, I, Mm. I see Reed and I'm like, I know he's a point guard. It's just like, you look at like his distribution. It's like he has 21 shots at the rim this year and 52 threes that, that sort of like, I just want to see more of that. I want to see more of the rim pressure and I want to see, like, I want to see him be a more dynamic finisher and things like that. And I know people are like, Jesus, stop talking about Kentucky. This is a draft thing. It's relevant to everybody I know, but like, um, yeah and and I mean yeah 16.3% of his shots are coming at the rim according to CBB analytics it's it's interesting man he has incredible defensive hands he's a, I was noticing how he was like catching high and shooting high really well in this game yeah um that's a release point point. and that's also yes. his
0: his mo- his best skill or like his most unique natural skill is his hands, right I mean, both of us Incredible. are marveled at his hands and I think that's a very encouraging thing for the next level that he has amazing hands and and uh and that downhill pressure and that rim pressure will be hopefully developed as the season wears on because you know as it happens, you know freshmen usually get more comfortable um you know that that is the expectation at least so i I found it fascinating that KOC had him so high. Thought I'd ask you about it. Watch a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Yeah. I'm not off right. board with it. It's uh, it's just it's been a little bit of a process for me to kind
2: of like fully, fully realize it. You know what I mean? Because it's it's <laughs> been it's been just kind of odd watching, watching where my expectations started with him and and where they are now. I will say the last thing about him, like he does have like that court mapping kind of ability where he can he takes a quick minute. Men- you've heard you know people talk about this. He takes a quick mental picture before a play starts. And kind of gets the ball where it needs to go in a way where you're just like how a lot of the best passers have that where you're like how did they even know that was even there Um, and he
0: he has that ability it's just it's the scoring part that I'm going to be fascinated to watch as season winds down yeah I'm right there with you shout out to Reed Shepard top five on the Ringer draft board right now go check it out on theringer.com we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to play a fun game it's called good call bad call we'll be right back Vandals putting the ball in your court for the rest of the college basketball season because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $200 if your bet wins. And if you're looking at this upcoming weekend, there is an insane slate of games. we got Duke Carolina in Chapel Hill, Houston, Kansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, UConn, St. John's at MSG, Utah State, San Diego State, St. Mary's, Gonzaga, Iowa State, Baylor, my God, there are plenty of bets to be made, and if you want to do that, you got to go to FanDuel, and you can bet on college basketball with a wide range of bet types, including quick bets, same-game parlays, tons of props, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash OSP and make your first bet a layup. Must be 21 or older in president-select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit the slash RG. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at Sportsbook.FanDuel.com. All right, welcome back to One Shining Podcast. We've done the good, we've done the bad, we've done the ugly. Now let's do some good call, bad call. There was a very controversial call in Cameron Indoor. Where have you heard that one before? Um, This weekend was very vintage Cameron Indoor. Clemson um, has a situation where they have a lead, a one-point lead. Tyrese Proctor gets the basketball, and he drives downhill. He goes up, and the officials say, whistle, whistle. Jared McCain said after this game, quote, I knew once he got fouled, like LeBron would say, I knew he would make those free throws. I'm just happy he made them. Uh, Tyrese Proctor ices the game, wins the game against Clemson. After the game, uh, Joe Girard charges at an official. Uh, Brad Brunel, uh calls out the official, says that they hate Clemson. Um, P.J. Hall was, uh, I mean, desolate. I mean, he just looked absolutely out of it after the loss. A lot of conversations to be had about this call on Tyrese Proctor, but even more conversations maybe to be had about the three turnovers Clemson had in the last minute. Um, But we can get to that. First and foremost, good call, bad call. Tyrese Proctor going to the basket. Do you think it is a foul? It looked like it could be a foul in real time, but obviously in Cameron Indoor, um, a little bit of a late whistle and obviously a lot of conversation after the fact.
2: I lean towards play on in those situations, you know, unless it's just egregious. Somebody has their hands down. It's a it's excessive, you know, you know, momentum coming towards each other. I mean, the rules, basically what I'm describing is the rules. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like uh, if it's not excessive, I tend to just say, don't you know, don't let that. Don't let it like a, a pure fifty-fifty thing lean towards the offense. Like, give like let defense be defense. You know that's a big conversation you hear in basketball these days. I I kind of wish they hadn't called it. Um, I'm a I'm a Proctor fan, as 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 I've stated in the past. It's nice to see him like get back and kind of find himself a little bit. But uh, I lean towards I lean towards play on in that situation. I I, fa- I feel like I know your answer.
0: Well, if honestly, I will say if you're Clipson he's going to get the call. So you you have to understand that is the reality and the game was lost prior to that call. And the fact that you let the game come down to a call in Cameron Indoor, it's true. that is a loss. I mean that you you have to go into that final possession basically saying, we need to have our hands behind our back if we if this guy goes up for a shot. Like I mean that that is the approach that we have to have because if we have our hands near Or around this guy. He's going to get the foul call. And he's a really good basketball player. Proctor and McCain are the two guys that I think have taken Duke to the actual conversation of, wow, they could do something in March. They could could really make a run because McCain's been incredible um, shooting the basketball, creating positive plays. Uh, He's just infectious with his energy on the court. And then Proctor is that type of player, you know, first round pick, you know, potential lottery type guy. So. You know what you're getting into with Clemson. The worst part about Clemson is that they they've been on this bubble conversation point for so long, and I've been there, you know, with North Carolina last year. You almost lose your mind, and like and like you understand what the fallout is of you losing that game, which is like people like John Rostein tweeting the ACC is a two bid league which is erroneous on all counts. I mean, the dumbest thing I've ever seen on all counts. Uh, but, but if you're Clemson, you're so terrified of the wrong side of the bubble and you've had to argue for your, and make this case so many times that when you lose a game like that, it kind of all bubbles over and then you get people just acting irrational. And, um, I don't know. There was just no common sense in the fact that like, it's in Cameron. It's a it's a 50-50 call. If it's a 50-50 call in Cameron, it's going to go one way. We, that is just the history. That's the precedent that's been set. We live in a country based on precedent. Um, Cameron endorsed precedent says that's going to be a foul. So don't act shocked by it. Um, and definitely don't act insane after the fact, even though I understand that it's more bubbling of all these emotions from the bubble boys. Um, so if there's anyone to blame for Clemson acting so insane, it's the Bubble Boys. They have created this monster. I understand their their frustrations. I understand the insecurities of the moment. Um, but you also have to understand you're playing in Cameron Indoor. And Duke has won nine of their last ten. They want Carolina and Duke to have a top ten tilt. That's what they want. They want Duke to be in the top ten. They want Carolina to be the top ten. That's what they have for college game day on Saturday. So we, we all get it. You know what I mean? We Clemson understands what's happening. It just felt like they, there was no, a you're lot, lot Clemson, in the moment.
2: There's a lot baked into this. So wait, you're you're saying Clemson should understand that the fix is in because the powers that be it goes all the way to the top, is what you're saying? If it, give the, me, if the, me, the, me the don't, I don't want to is, get you
0: wrong. The fix is in because okay, you're playing in Cameron so. Indoor. Okay, you're, you're playing in Cameron Indoor. The fix is in. That's okay. That's just what it is. And uh, honestly, I took this as a good thing for Cameron. This this felt like to me. After Blake Henson gets on and, and basically, you know, stunts on the camera crazies, gets on the table, I was worried about Cameron Indoor. I'm like, have they lost a little bit of the juice that I know, that I understand, that I, you know, I look at and I say, oh my God, but I understand the advantage. And they stood up this week and they said, we are who we are. We do what we do and we win this game. And uh, Clemson, I feel for you. You're not on the wrong side of the bubble. Don't let John Rothstein say that there are six teams in the ACC in the top 50 of the net. If if the net is actually going to be tried and treated as the, as the end all be all, then not, not no two teams from the ACC will be in. There will be more. So, uh, that was a, what dare we say? Good call. I mean, it's, it's a good call because it's what it is. The precedent was set. We know what it is. So, uh, Shout out to the Cameron Crazies, the Blue Devils. They get that one done. Uh, Next one, Zach Eady is not the national player of the year. Good call or bad call. Um, There's a lot of people pushing the Dalton Connect or R.J. Davis train. And I'm I'm looking at the train and I'm about to board it. Um, good call or bad call? How do you feel about this guy, man?
2: Yeah, a lot of people pushing for the R.J. Davis thing. For, we, weirdly, from burners that that uh, have Tate's same geolocation. It's weird. I don't yeah. know what that's about. Uh, but no, <laughs> I I think he didn't. He did not laugh at all or smile. <laughs> did not appreciate the implication. Uh, no, I mean, I I think it's the. Um, It's the classic, it's the classic fatigue, man. And I think whenever a player, the play style of Edie, I think we have a tendency whenever it's like, it's such a simple play style. Like if you go through and look, I mean, a lot of what he does, you know, he's developed as a passer. We know. Um, when dominance is really simple, I think people just start to pick at it, you know, like, and especially if we've seen you before, you've won before, like he still tops in, in all of college basketball and box plus minus at 14 and a half, but roles really different differ because, you know, Connect is a guy who blends like, off ball action, you see him score. He scores at all three at levels. I was making that point this weekend. He's like an ISO guy. He runs a lot of dribble handoffs and he does some pick and roll. Not as much as RJ Davis, but he's been really devastating, man. And uh, you know, and Tennessee is a team that's kind of coming around, getting some momentum.
0: Um, if if he doesn't get it, I will, will you, I'll, I'll throw this to you. What's what's the argument for RJ right now? What would, would you say? The argument is that he's been incredible uh, and that North Carolina is undefeated in the ACC and the guy is shooting over 40% from three and he's shooting, was 94% from the free throw line. And he has obviously been there and the answer in every Carolina game. But... um you know, connect and RJ played each other. It was a great game, great showdown. I think that both these guys deserve to be actually campaigned for the National Player of the Year. I think that's really what the conversation is. It feels like everybody is comparing Edie to Edie to last year, and they say, well, mm-hmm. he's better than he was last year. He won it last year, so therefore he wins. And I think that there is way more of a National Player of the Year conversation that is, that is happening. I think Tristan Newton's in that conversation for UConn. Mm-hmm. I, I think he legitimately is, and I think he should be a part of the conversation. I think that's the first frustrating part is that it's it's been determined and deemed by everybody that it's already over. And I just I just want to say it's not over. And uh I think Dalton Connect probably has the most steam and uh the most uh aesthetically pleasing game for people to Very. to promote. You know what I mean? And I and I think that will happen at some level. And Rick Barnes will campaign for him. So uh Zach need not the player of the year, um, right now. I just say I, I'm not saying he won't be, but I'm just saying let's let the race happen. Let's at least let it start. So uh, that's where we are on that. Uh, next one, Sydney Sweeney is an unofficial college basketball ambassador. Uh, Maryland's tweeting pictures of Sweeney from the Hot Ones episode, McNeese State, um, a bunch of programs. And uh, we even got NBA teams trying to, trying to steal this from us. Um, are, are we saying good call that Sydney Sweeney is a representative of college basketball? She does love Gonzaga. We do know that. She's from Spokane.
2: Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I think we can accept. Do we know for sure she was the that college was the
0: genesis of the meme? Do we, do we know that for a fact? Well, I just think the memes everywhere, but I think colleges have embraced it the most. And she has to you have to find your audience in the meme world and uh, college basketball accounts. They have said we we stand Sidney Sweeney. We will put this out. We will put out this content. And, uh, you know, Did, she's uh, got Madam Webb coming out. She needs some promotion. <sighs> so it's us.
2: Yeah, it's us. Huh one of the worst. So oh, more on that in a second. Did you, uh, did you happen to see, did either of you happen to see the, uh, the clip that somebody pulled
0: of her reaction to that wing? Uh, you know, the one I'm talking about? Yeah, right. Uh, I, I, I didn't watch the whole hot ones. I just watched the clips of the hot ones, but yeah, that was, uh, uh, yeah, the book bookmarks on that one. Pretty, pretty obscene <laughs> on
2: that. Uh, I just want Insane. to say, I know we're in a Sydney moment. Um, I, I kind of like, I understand it on one level and I think that the level that is pretty obvious what that is, but on the other level, uh, I just don't, I don't think she's a good actor at all. Like I don't understand it. I've never yeah. seen her. I've never seen her do any other mode than the, than the subdued, uh, sarcastic thing, which, you know, some, you know, if you're, if you're some of the great actors make whole careers out of, out of playing one note and they just play
1: it over and over again. um, we don't need much, Kyle. We just need you to do the thing that you're famous for and, yeah. and be associated with us. We're college basketball, right? In yeah. the beginning of the season, Tate and I are like, who the fuck likes college basketball? Who cares? George Clooney, <laughs> right. allegedly. We haven't seen him in a while. You know what I mean? Him. Like, uh, who, like, uh, uh, we, Ashley Judd?
0: We have Sadakis, <laughs> and, and we lost Ashley Judd. She doesn't even care right. anymore. She's like, I'm done with Kentucky. I don't like Cal. I'm a Patino girl. And, uh, and, and now we're trying to find our next it girl, and it has to be Sydney Sweeney. And and Gonzaga, I'm got, not, I mean, I'm they not need begrudging it. you that. I'm just I made a comment about her acting. Okay, that's all. I'm not <laughs> well, I'm begrudging you guys you, that. If
1: you turn her away from us, we're gonna lose her. Uh, you, <laughs> oh, so you tell me, shut <laughs> the fuck not, up. Not a, not a lot of foot traffic uh, coming in that door lately. All right, that bell on the door isn't <laughs> yeah. ringing so much yeah. anymore, Kyle. Right, so right, we're not right. we're not closed for anybody really. Well, yeah. almost anybody.
0: We'll take anything at this point. We'll take Dakota Johnson. Um, you know, we'll take the whole Madam Web cast at this point. <laughs> sure. Um, we'll we'll take get anybody. Courtside. Yeah, we'll have Maris.
1: Maris courtside. Let's,
0: let's get into the Maris game and uh and let them look at some Rick Smith's uh, memorabilia there, and let's see how they feel about the game. Um, yeah, Cindy Sweeney, we need you. College basketball, uh, need you and uh, the twelve year olds. They love her. You know what I mean? That's the good oh, yeah. part. On the twelve year olds they don't even know why. Yeah, well, the 12-year-olds are the ones that are online <laughs> talking about college basketball, so we need their attention. Having,
2: having awakenings, yeah. Yes, uh, tight, tighten up, boys. Yeah, uh,
0: okay. Tighten up, boys. All right, BYU, next one. BYU should not have taken off the Horns Down shirts against Texas. Um, Mark Pope, head coach of uh, BYU basically said that they decided that that was not who they were. Very classy response, very classy move. Um, when did Horns Down become like a slur to say? I mean, that's the other big question here. But BYU says, take off the shirts. We'll win the game fair and square. And they did that. Good call, uh, bad call. I like Pope called it a miscalculation. Oh, miscall, yeah. a miscall.
2: Yeah, it was <laughs> miscal, <missed> yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, I just... I'll say what a lot of people have said, because uh, I think this is the take. Texas, you got to cool it, man. You got to cool it. I, I know that you, got, you guys both, we all went through. I went to public school. It was relentless at times. I'm not going to yeah. act like I abided by this rule all the time. I was famously fun to tease because I was a fucking raw nerve all the time. Um, here's the thing. If you react poorly to teasing, you know it's a universal thing. what are people gonna do? They're gonna do it more and, and yeah. the thing
0: is like if you hate te- the nickname say you love the nickname you know like you that's, gotta dude, be th- you gotta play ways. a little mental chess here guys yeah. like game the
2: game getting- <laughs> yeah, I don't know you know it, it's like it tech you know Texas you're coming into a conference that is you know notoriously cruel. Uh, notoriously, like, especially on the football front, we're talking about nuclear warfare in terms of meanness among fan bases. I would just stop, you know, I, every SEC fan base is already like, they've gone to work thinking of ways that they can, they can tease them about this. Uh, I, it's just, I don't know. It was a Rodney Terry who wasn't, um, you know, kudos. Maybe Pope was like, Hey, maybe the Texas job will be open next year. I, I'm going to go ahead and just posture myself <laughs> right. uh, here. I, I don't know if I can imagine Pope in Texas, but yeah, um, Anyway, it, they got to cool it with that man, and they took the they took some shine away from my guy Ali Khalifa, you know, which I have a problem with. So mm. I don't, that, that's where I stand on this.
0: Yeah, it does feel like Texas has to get ready for the SEC. They don't know what they're about to deal with. If like if you need the nice BYU Mormon people to take off their horns down shirt that they thought was really clever and funny and gonna really you know rib you a little bit. Get ready to go to Mississippi State. You know what I mean? Like, get ready to go to Georgia or one of these SEC programs because they will do much worse than horn da- Horns Down. Uh, I will say that. So, What do you think is uh, going to happen in, in Baton Rouge? What do you think is going to happen? Nothing good. Nothing good. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, Texas, let's, uh, let's, let's tighten it up. That's all we got to say. Uh, Jay Billis, this is another tighten up. Uh, Jay Billis says that fans should never be on the court, period. Uh, good call or bad call? Uh, this is a, a stance that he has taken. Um, people are upset about this, but Jay Billis says nobody should be on the court because he's got to tape ninety four feet with insert player coach. Um, but that that is uh that's <laughs> what we he all said. To, good call or bad call? Is that true? We all depend on
2: him to deliver that content that is just precious, more precious than yeah. gold. You know, what's your that, favorite not, snack? That, that, yeah, those few seconds where he talks to them. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. I was thinking, you know, I mean, students are the big difference. You know, it's like students. You put them together, they rile each other up. They, be, you know, it's like a, it's the men in black thing. You know, a person is smart, people are stupid. Uh, so you get a bunch of students together, they're gonna make bad decisions. May I'm, I've tried to figure out like the psychology of what it is about students. It's like they have less to lose. They're younger. They get their how more many full you business.
1: need. <laughs> <laughs> what would you it's, say? How many you need? Like it's like you know locusts. Uh, they say that until there's 73 and a half of them in one 73.5 of them, they won't start swarm. But once you get 73 locusts around, they will start swarming. But if you come across like a lone locust, there's no issue. But there's a, there is an exact number. And I wonder what the number of students is before they're like, we got to start flipping cars. Yeah. Were you, were you listening to Derek Thompson's Plain English episode? Kyle? That's the one. My wife, my wife one. told me about this, too. That's the one. I was like, <laughs> I don't up. know where I heard this. I was like, I hope it wasn't Joe Rogan. It was it no, was Derek Thompson's. Shut English, up, man. Great yeah. show. Love that.
2: I don't know. Say what do you think? I, I, I'm kind of <laughs> it doesn't happen anywhere but college. And it's like, I don't know, until somebody dies, I guess we'll stop doing it because Caitlin Clark wasn't enough
0: to change it. Clearly, people are arguing about it, but I don't I don't know where this is going. Yeah, you never want to be the fun police. You never want to be the fan police. Uh, those are two spots you don't want to be in. And Jay Billis has put himself in the middle of both. And, I mean, I think he's the only man that's strong enough to fight the good fight, uh, or at least the fight that he thinks he's fighting is a good fight. Um, because the players and the coaches and all the people, administrators, whatever, they're they're telling Jay Billis, we don't need fans on the court. It's not safe. And then he is, you know, fighting the good fight on their behalf. But uh, Richmond... They stormed the court. They beat Dayton. Dayton's first loss in the A10, and Richmond immediately was responding, like with pictures, and they were adding Jay Billis, like, "Look at us on the court." So I think that there it's the same is thing a, is it's the same thing as horns down. Yeah, you're just asking for it. I guess it's it's a visceral response. And uh, shout out to the Richmond Spiders, big win against Dayton. That game was ugly in the first half, but then it turned into a really fun game. The last minute felt like 20 minutes in real time. Um, and and Richmond, they they kind of answered the bell. They said, Jay Billis, you say this, that's a bad call watch us on the court and uh, nobody was hurt in the taping of uh, the Richmond spiders storming the court. So that was good news. Um, next up. Yukon is unstoppable period. Come in. Uh, I saw Stefan Castle and Jalen Stewart throwing lots to each other this weekend against Xavier. They win by 43. Tristan Newton's great. Cam Spencer's great. The offense is incredible. Klingens helping the defense get to that level. And uh, I just keep going back to the same. Well, of Yukon is on their way. Uh, is that a good call or a bad call? Man, I mean, no team has really looked
2: as like top-to-bottom, multifaceted dominant because, like, if you look, the, the big thing that w- that really started to come, the defense came around last year. I mean, that was one thing. They started to figure out how to play Andre Jackson more, obviously. You know, Klingon missed some time, and, he, you know, him getting back into a rhythm uh, is, is like you said, helping them. Uh, will, will he be able to sustain it? But I, the big thing is, man, they're shooting the shit out of the ball. 30, mm-hmm. 38.9%, 99th percentile in the country. Uh, and their overall effective field goal percentage allowed is 43.9, and that's 99th percentile. So you're scoring a lot and you're preventing the other team from scoring a lot. This is primary color stuff. You're going to win some ball games, But the big thing is their shooting respect, dude, is just like you have to respect it. You know, they got Spencer, they got Caravan. Tristan Newton, we know, is like a great dribble pull up shooter. It's like, do you ding Newton for being in a system that's really working? Or do you want to reward somebody that's like the centerpiece carrying a heavy load, like an ED or a Connect? Newton's been awesome. Uh, and then you mix in the fact that you talked about it. You and I have been on this all season that like, Stewart is somebody to keep an eye on. I know he's barely playing. I was having an argument with one of my buddies. He's like, he's barely played. I'm like, he's good. Just keep an eye on th-. It's like, mm-hmm. they're in a great situation, man. They've got these stocks that could pay off at the end. Like, Castle might be a top 10 pick. And he's just now getting rolling, man. This thing is right. this thing is rolling and they they really really are physically tough. Uh yeah, there's I think they're the they have
0: to be the odds on. What what are the odds on right now for the it, they have to be number 1, right? Well, in real time, they were moving up the board. Uh they were at plus 1000, so they're the third best odds going into the game. Purdue was first uh, at plus 700, which is uh, a little shocking to me given the fact they lost to a 16 seed last year, but the odds say Purdue's the favorite. Houston was at plus 900 as well. And then in the in the moment, I'm on FanDuel Sportsbook. Shout out to FanDuel. It updated from plus 1,000 to plus 900. This is like six minutes into the Xavier game. So like the odds makers are watching just as we are. And they're like, holy shit. UConn is incredible. And everything they do, offensively, defensively, even when they check out of a game, everything's done with purpose and everything's done with like a sense of urgency. And UConn, like their cuts are made with purpose. They scream with purpose. They roll with purpose. They shoot with purpose. They pass with purpose. Everything they do, you're just like, Man, this is elite level stuff, and yeah. Dan Hurley talks to the officials with purpose. I mean, he he, <laughs> he stalks these officials, and he owns them, and they're terrified of him. And there Tales was a cutaway on the this, way home, in, you know, white on twenty seven. At one point, they cut to Dan Hurley, and he is literally like just arms crossed, about to kill this official. You know, what I mean? backhanded and a child. I saw. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but UConn, <laughs> incredible, and their fans are on one right now. And we got a new Sean Miller meme, by the way. He was chugging water like they were down 20 points and they cut to him and he's just chugging water like out of a plastic bottle squeezing it to death and he looks like a Looney Tunes character his eyes are just bulging out Um, because he's like what do I do with this team like what what do I do with this you know I, I think you talk with like Houston and Purdue I mean my thing with those two teams is
2: like UConn it like it's a differential game man I mean like they they can play Houston style And Mm -hmm. score a ton. And there's no, you know, you usually kind of build your roster to do one or the other. Houston is like, we're going to stop you. UConn can do both. They can win close games. They can, and they have a big guy. I've noticed that, like, Klingon only went one-on-one one one time in the first half of that game. And they've got a guy, like, it's just, it's, they're so dynamic, man. If he can stay healthy, honestly, I don't... they might still
0: have a chance if he's not healthy. They're they're mm-hmm. a good team, man. They're good. They can they're make impressive. the they can, they can make the second weekend without clinging, which yeah. is that says a lot about Johnson coming off the bench and just the team in general. So shout out to UConn. Uh next one, Lamont Paris is the SEC coach of the year. Good
2: call or bad call? I think that's a great call. Uh, I, you know, he's a guy that you know came from Wisconsin, has that pedigree of playing a certain style. He's been the bane of Cal's life. I know that. Um, hates to see that Bo Ryan, any Bo Ryan acolyte out there in the wild. Cal didn't want to see it, but uh, you know, it's about the SEC broadly. He's taken, he's taken these teams, and he's, you know, he's a guy who knows he's not going to get a certain level of player, but he he coaches and elevates talent, and he's a tough guy. He motivates people. I think it's a great call, man. He's he's a good coach. He's gonna. He, he seems like a candidate's going to get a bigger job.
0: Yeah. And it's also one of those things, too, where this guy got Gigi Jackson to come to South Carolina. Now, I know Gigi Jackson was from South Carolina, but the fact that he was able to swoop in and get that recruitment done says a lot about Lamont Paris. And I, I think they're a really good team. And I think you're right. They deserve the credit. He deserves the credit. And there will be, you know, programs calling Lamont Paris this offseason. But uh, we won't talk about that too much because South Carolina people will get upset. Uh, next one. Rice hung a banner um, that is for a Pulitzer Prize uh, for Larry McMurtry. Um, shout out to Larry. Um, is it a good call or a bad call to hang a Pulitzer Prize uh, banner in your basketball building? I feel like the ringer stance has to be it's a good call. Like if, like Brian like, Curtis sent it to me. Brian Curtis literally he went out of his way to send this to me and was like, you need to talk about this. So I, I think the ringer approves of the Pulitzer Prize banners. I think it's really good. We should have had Brian on to address the horns
2: down thing. I think that was a misstep. i I would have stepped aside to hear that one. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, we're pro McMurtry, I feel like across the board. um yeah. yeah i'm 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 down with it, man. Um I don't know what that what their banner situation is. I didn't get a good look at the full scope,
0: did you? No, but I mean, I think that's enough for us to know that Rice is, uh, they're, they're just trying to hang banners. And I, I, as someone that respects banner hanging, um, and, and hanging stuff up in the rafters, I do have to respect Rice for doing that. And, uh, They got it done. So uh, they did lose the game, unfortunately, to Tulsa, a two-point game. But it was worth it to see that banner. Uh, Next one, uh, Tony Bennett having more wins in the KFC Yum Center than Kenny Payne as grounds for firing. Good call or bad call? He has 10 wins in the KFC Yum Center. Kenny Payne has nine wins in the KFC Yum Center. Virginia blows out Louisville this weekend. Uh, Louisville fans are ripping their hair out saying, when will this end? Um, Is this enough? I I feel like that's if I get that stat as the AD, that another coach in the conference has more home wins, At our place than our current coach, I'm out. I think that would be my last straw.
2: I'd I'd revise one thing about what you said, and it 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 is that uh, that they're pulling their hair out or they're ripping their hair out. I we're way past that. We're 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 (laughs) we're past the point of anger. It's dejection. I told you Mm -hmm. that like they're just they're dead inside. Like it's 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 to the point where it's like. Somebody's got to make the call. They're they're riding silently in the car. You know, like they they're sleeping and not talking to each other at night. Like Louisville fans have, they have broken up with him emotionally. I told you how my wife's work had tickets to that game. No one claimed them to the biggest rivalry in the state. No one claimed them. I went and sat center court, lower arena. Uh It's been over. Um, So yeah, I mean, we're going to be able to just, it's a cavalcade of just like sad stats. Uh, I don't even know if any of them mean anything anymore. Cause then none of mm. them are shocking. It's like, we're down here at the bottom. It's like, Oh, here's a rotten banana peel. Yeah. We're in the trash. Of course this it's just a shitty situation. Um, and Tony Bennett's a good coach, but also uh I don't know, man. It's like, what are we even doing here? The it's it, the horse is dead. Get off. We'll,
1: we'll, yeah. what are we doing? I,
0: I think the more that they let it bottom out, the worse the next coach is too. like, the more that they let this go on and it gets worse and worse and more desolate, the, the more you're out of conversations for certain coaches that you might be in conversations for like a Porter Moser or a Mick Cronin or, you know, now, now you might be, you know, going down a tier to a certain level of coach that you might not want there at Louisville. And then the cycle continues. So uh, Kenny Payne. Porter's I interesting. Th- I thought about that one. That's, yeah. a, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Porter Moser's trying to get out of Oklahoma. That's what everyone's saying. I'm not sure it's true, but that's what everyone's saying. And in so much so, he's like, I'll interview with DePaul uh, to get back to Chicago. And uh, if he goes to DePaul, I feel like Sister Jean should do like a little like house divided situation where she goes to some games for DePaul. It'd be great for Chicago. It it could be fun. Uh, Two more here on the good call, bad call. New Mexico would win the national championship if the games were held at the pit. Is that a good call or a bad call? They dominated home. I think it's a great call. I really do. Um, it's not possible, you know, but it
2: is a possible. good call. So Hang I'll the just banner. lean
0: into the hypothetical and say, yes, <laughs> it's a great call.
2: Yes, that's absolutely true.
0: <laughs> that's what everyone's saying. Uh, also, we got Rick Pitino at the game to watch little Pitino. Um, great cutaways to the crowd. Um, the crowd was electric. And uh, after the game, Richard Patino was telling, you know, was basically bragging about how great the crowd was, um, that he had told his dad how great it was going to be. So like, it's cool to see Patino make his dad proud. Um, I love to see that. So, uh, shout out to those guys. Last one, Bronny James got a technical foul for yelling "Give me that shit" after a block on <laughs> Dylan Andrews' uh, first technical foul in his college basketball career. Was that a good call or a bad call? I think that's pretty
2: standard fair in, in basketball in general, right? I don't, I don't think we need to. We don't need to call. We don't need to call technical foul. That's that's kind of soft, I think, right? It, like, yeah, it's, I, I thought that that that
1: had like sort of graduated to accepted status. I thought. What else yeah. do you say? It's like you drop, you stub your toe. You say shit or fuck. Like it's no one's like, oh, how dare you? It's just what. Literally, what else could you say? You have to say, it, give me that shit. Like you have. have it's to kind say. of the standard line.
0: You know what I mean? It's like everybody's waiting for you to say that line. Like if he's actually say the that nicer line, version of what you could say to somebody. I think. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, yeah. Did yeah. he? Did he like? De- did he dig deep like in a guttural way and be like, give me that shit? Like was
0: it no. like drawn out or was it just a quick? quick. Give me that shit. I mean, like that's standard, quick, quick like, swat into the crowd. In fact, you wouldn't even know who said it. And then he literally got teed up immediately, which lets me know that like, no matter who you are, if you're a freshman in college basketball, these officials <laughs> will find you and they will tee you up. Um, and I, I, it doesn't matter, Bronny, doesn't matter how many Instagram followers you have. Uh, they will find you and they will give you a technical foul. So uh and that, I think that it was a bad was call. And that in the, in the trunk of a, a car good. in the clutch parking lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's over for him. Uh, but it's hey, at, le- at least the whole game they talked about. You watched this UCLA USC game, by the way. the The entire broadcast, I'd say seventy percent of the broadcast was about Bronny. Right? I mean, am, am I exaggerating that? It was insane. It's a lot. They Walton. would cut away to the bench when he wasn't playing. Like they'd be live gameplay. Like it, they'd be on the break and they'd be like, "Let's let's cut over here and talk about this guy." I'm like, "What is happening?"
2: Walton um, was on one too. Like my <laughs> wife was like walking by and she was just like, "What is who?" Is <laughs>
0: she was just distracted, by which is sad, right? Because
2: that never happens. But yeah, he was he was firing on all
0: cylinders, telling stories. Yeah, I I finally figured out that Bill Walton. Like if your team is playing, you hate Bill Walton. Like if it's your team that you care about, like if Kentucky was playing or if Carolina was playing, and he's calling the game and he's distracting you you're like bill walton please shut up but if he's calling games that you don't care about it, it really does add a layer of entertainment that you want and need um, and i feel like that's why there's such a uh you know there's such a like love hate relationship with bill walton because some people are like i hate this guy i hate him so much but it's like he called the arkansas game and he was talking about like you know kip thorne's theories of physics you know what i mean that, that of course <laughs> you're upset you know what i mean you want to talk about Wig w- big suey like i I can understand the frustration, but uh, Bill Walton, you're a guy. Um, Shout out to Bill Walton. Let's do some shout outs. I want to shout out the Big 12. Dog Park is officially complete. The Circle of Sick uh, is what the Sick Committee, shout out to those guys, says. um, They have all beaten each other with Oklahoma State beating West Virginia. So every team in the Big 12 um, has beaten someone, uh, You know, and it's a nice, like, beautiful circle of uh, this team beat that team. And shout out to Grant McCaslin, five and one in year zero. Not his first year, year zero, and he's already... Uh, a big force in the dog park, so that's great to see. Um, shout out to Kansas and Baylor, both supposed to run the dog park, um, not so much right now. Kansas three and three in the last eighteen days. Baylor has lost three straight games, so uh, shout out to those guys. Uh, shout out to Doc Rivers and Jordan Love at the Seton Hall Marquette game. Uh, Kyle, man, did you did you see Doc Rivers there? Did, did you think that was like a good Wisconsin move? Oh, we got oh, get the the dog is barking. <laughs> Big Doc Rivers fan. Uh, Doc Rivers said he would not wish this job, this Milwaukee Bucks job, on anyone, uh, which I thought was one of the greatest first introductory press conference quotes of all time. Um, and then he goes to played at Marquette, goes to the Marquette game. Kyle, did you watch the Marquette game? Or are you still in on Marquette even without Cam Jones or without uh,
1: Sean Jones? I flipped it off because uh, I was—I think I was at the bar at this point, and um, there was just so much other stuff going on. Um, and I think—I think what I did as I replaced. Think I might have to replace Marquette with um with Providence. Oh, all right. I Again. know, I know. I just <laughs> whoa, <laughs> so Devin whoa. made
2: that big of an impression on you. Sorry, we had a little oh, dog yeah. park in my office just now. For anybody wondering about the flow <laughs> of that, uh, I'm curious. He he superseded your
1: your yeah, guy. I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna do this, but I mean, he just asked me, and now it just kind of came out. I thought I could just yeah. kind of coast another couple of weeks without saying it, but no, I want you to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I, I think, I think yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, Sure. I think, I think Providence is above it. And Sean, I mean, really what, what Sean Jones did for me was, is, is in the same, there's no one else on Marquette that'll do that for me. I know they've got like a really mm-hmm. skilled big man and there's a couple other dudes that are nice, but um, it's what, what Sean Jones did for me is not, is not going to avoid that. Maybe only Devin Carter can hope
0: to fill yeah David Joplin not doing it for Kyle even though he's playing great in the past uh, three or four games but uh, you're not a Joplin guy um, you know shout out to Barry great show Joplin that was fake in that show um, but Dave, David Joplin um, you know playing well for Marquette but they did lose a fan they lost uh, They lost Kyle to Providence so big win for the Friars uh, I know that they're happy about that uh, you would fit add in if, that you would have enjoyed yeah, that environment up yeah there. the beer not, yeah. Yeah. yeah come on Kyle yeah, that would be great yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's your kind of, that's your kind of setting. Uh, It's in the Northeast. You would have thrived there. Shout out to Providence. Uh, Ripping darts going on up there. (laughs) They're definitely ripping darts. Uh, shout out to Robbie Hummel. Uh, he got a lot of uh, backlash on Twitter for one of his calls about a week ago um, from Illinois fans. And then when when Indiana played Illinois this weekend, um, he was doing extra context, like he was basically being like, "Now some people could say this, but also I'm not saying that." But that's that's gonna be the takeaway. I mean, he was just going in depth, and I was I just wanted to shout out Robbie Hummel because he's fighting the good fight. These twelve year olds that are fans of Illinois that are on Twitter. They'll come at your neck, and you don't want to mess with these guys. And uh, Illinois gets a big win. Indiana, zero three-pointers against Illinois. That was the first time that had happened in 14 years for the Hoosiers, a a program that is built on shooting. Um, The good news, Liam McNeely, our guy from Montverde, who's going to Indiana, had a great weekend, beat Prolific Prep. That was a big high school showdown. And uh, so there is hope for the future uh, out there with the Indiana Hoosiers. But overall, uh, Robbie Hummel fighting the good fight. Um, want to shout out Duke Dean, 5'8", Duke Dean of Bradley. He is Bill Simmons' guy, uh, also Muggsy Bogues' guy, but Bill Simmons does not text about college basketball very often. Almost never. <laughs> almost never. I mean, let, let's just say closer to never than ever. And we hear more about Harvard-Westlake, I'd say, than <laughs> 100%. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's Harvard-Westlake, Bronny, and then, like, nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing. He doesn't even care about Brady Dunlap anymore. Um, but Duke Dean of Bradley is five foot eight. He is a scorer. He is electric. He has some highlights that are circulating around the internet. Shout out to Bradley, and he is on Bill Simmons' radar. Um, I I don't know what that means, uh, long term, <laughs> but it might be it might mean something good for his Boston Celtics workout. I'll just say that, uh, you know, and I and I think uh we should be paying paying attention to the little guys in college basketball. We talk about the bigs a lot, but the little guys need some love too. So shout out to him. Little guy last, last March set the
2: freaking thing on fire. I mean, let's, not, let's not overlook them. Like, literally, don't look over them. Like,
0: you know, I'm saying, uh, you know, Marquise was dominant, you know. Yeah, he was the star of, I mean, he is the new Kimba candidate. It is the Noel candidate. Uh, that is what he created. That's how good he was. Uh, speaking of guys who we need to talk about, Jameer Nelson Jr., one of the most underrated players in the country playing for TCU dropped 30 points this weekend, including the game winner, scored 10 points in the final 10 minutes of the second half um, and 12 in the three overtime games. So uh, TCU is awesome. Jameer Nelson Jr. is awesome um, and he needs more love on the show. So we'll give him that love right there and shout outs. Um, also want to shout out one of my favorite graphics from the weekend. It was the fathers of D1 head coaches. I don't know if you saw this, Kyle, man, but it was all of the fathers of the current coaches and it was featured Rick Patino, Lon Kruger, Homer Drew, Bob McKillop, Dick Bennett, and Dave Odom, um, and it had their career wins underneath it, and uh, I love the second generation stars in college basketball, especially the coaches, so Love to see that graphic out there. That was great. Um, I want to shout out Washington State. Uh, they've won five of their last six, and they beat Colorado this weekend. That was a Colorado team that was getting hot, so that was fun to see. Shout out to the Cougs. A lot of people gave me backlash. I said they could make the tournament. Um, people were tweeting at me that Torvik had them as a 5% chance to make the tournament. Guess what, folks? It's at 11 now. So it's going up, (laughs) and uh, the Pac-12 hate can sustain, but I still believe I like this team. I like Kyle Smith. He's a friend of the program, so I wanted to give them some love. Also want to shout out App State. They're the real stars of the Sun Belt. Um, everybody talked about JMU and the Dukes, not saying the Dukes aren't good. Uh, They did beat Michigan State, people forget, but App State beat JMU this weekend and they are first place in the Sun Belt, AKA the Fun Belt. So that was good to see. Um, Also want to shout out the Leftovers St. John's Edition, David Jones, AJ Store, Amar Stanley, Posh Alexander, Dylan Adewusu, Colby King, Andre Carbello. Uh, Every time I'm watching College basketball, I feel like I see another St. John's guy from last year that is that is thriving in another environment. And I just wanted to give them their due because they deserve the love. They deserve the shout outs. Um, two more things for me, and then Kyle will get to some of your shout outs. Uh, one, a stat for you for next Saturday uh, Carolina Duke is playing. Uh, in case you forget, college game day will be there. Um, it is going to be the 49th top 10 matchup between Duke and North Carolina. That is 35 more than any other matchup in men's college basketball. The next closest is North Carolina versus NC State with 14. So I want to shout that out. And also want to shout out that we will be courtside, uh, allegedly, for the USC-Oregon game on Thursday. Um, That is confirmed. That's what we've been told. And that is the expectation. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to happen because USC is not setting the world on fire right now. But I want to shout out them for for providing the potential opportunity for OSP uh, to go courtside. We're going to have Kyle there. Kyle, man, I wish you were here, but you're getting ready Thanks for your Indiana. Well, you're getting ready for your Indiana tour. Um, and, you know, we we have budgets here uh, at OSP, but uh, Kyle and I will be there. And Jomie, shout out to our guy Jomie, our, our Ringer
1: social media producer, will be there. So He's just a fan. Thursday.
2: This is a yeah. I feel I feel slighted, but I'll get over it. Get
1: <laughs> over it. I mean, well, I would feel it. bad if I were you because I'm already thinking about which Tommy Bahama I'm going to pop on for that oh, one. It's going to be son of a bitch. I might see if I can borrow an extra gold changer so I can have two. You <laughs> got uh,
0: you got the USC uh, uh, hoodie as well or whatever it was a jacket. I can't remember what they gave. Us. I think so we, I we, think I got
1: to go chest open. I know they gave me some nice <laughs> stuff, but I think I got to go chest out. <laughs> yes, gold. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I might go full Nike watch wet tattoo so gotta to be like visible. An big you know? watch. Yeah, it will be. It will be.
2: USC's got the man school, so I'm kind of there in spirit, right? They got the thing yeah, on go. there. We'll just yeah. I'll make up some reason to not be pissed about not being there. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kyle, can you give us some shout outs? I know you had some stuff.
1: Uh yeah, you kind of hit a bunch of the stuff. I could shout Good. out, I just want to shout out the um the quote from Brad Brownell that we were talking about with the official. I just mm. like that he said yeah, I think we've had some history with that official. And that's all he said. I mean, you decide. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. You decide. I like Um, you decide. We love history.
0: Yeah, that's a good bit. America decides, 2024. You just say a Uh, statement, you say you decide, and then you leave it up. (laughs) It's on everybody else to figure out. That's Everybody saw it. Yeah, Yeah, everybody saw it, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: No no further comments. Um, Drexel suffered their first conference loss, so now – North Carolina is the only undefeated team at conference play. Is that still correct? Oh Tate? yeah, I, okay. that is that is correct. Major
0: major conference. Uh, but yeah, that's good. That's I mean, it's setting up for a Georgia Tech loss
1: on Tuesday night at Georgia Tech. Uh, <laughs> as we talk so positively about the Tar Heels, but I like it. I love to see um, it. I got uh, Jawan Howard says he's going to be a Chargers fan for Jim Harbaugh. He just said that. So now Tate. And Jawan Howard, you're pulling in the same direction. Uh, <laughs> it got at least one more person to be a Chargers fan, which I guess is yeah. what the Chargers yeah, are always Hoping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I have two tickets, and Jawan Howard, you have a seat at the game. Uh, BJ Armstrong, Crazier things Detroit have happened. Ka- yeah, BJ Armstrong, Joe Dumars, they use their tickets. Uh, they're not above it. So, Jawan Howard, come take a seat next to me. We'll talk strategy, we'll talk basketball. We'll talk, you know, hail to the victors, whatever he wants to talk about. So, Juwan it Howard, seems, welcome to the Chargers. It seems like a lot of
1: Juwan Howard non-head coach of Michigan uh, headlines lately. Like, not, not a lot of yeah. Juwan Howard head coach, like Juwan Howard Fab Five. Juwan Howard's not coaching this game for some reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Juwan Howard's Chargers fan go, loves loves Harbaugh. Not so many Juwan Howard uh, Michigan headlines, but maybe that'll it's, change. It's pretty crazy because the best football or the biggest football rivalry, the best,
0: whatever, you know, it's all subjective. But Michigan and Ohio State, both of their basketball coaches are like pretty much on the outs. You know what I mean? Like Chris Holtman's in the seven-year conundrum where they're over it. They're like, we're done with this. Uh, Jawan Howard... They feel like they've been, you know, kind of been, you know, led astray or whatever the, whatever version they want to use as Michigan men. But right now, Michigan and Ohio state are very upset and they're very out with their basketball coaches. And those are two pretty huge jobs. There's going to be a lot of big jobs opening is what I'm trying to say. So, Keep an eye. Maybe Jawan Howard will have more free time next year to come to Chargers games. That'll be fun. Right. Two, uh,
2: two four-star commitments next year. So
0: it's, yeah. you know, he's, he's he's trying to plan for the future yeah. a little bit. You know, Right, That's right. Not bad. and you can do uh, anything
1: in the portal. Anything is possible. Anything. Sure. Um, so I guess the last thing I have besides uh, the games from Saturday is um, I got more viewers watch LSU South Carolina women's game than Celtics Heat. I know NBA oh. ratings dudes don't love to hear that. Uh, but I guess that's good for us. I don't know. There's probably one angry guy on Twitter about it. Uh, but other than that, uh, just wanted to, I thought it was notable. Yeah, there's there's angry people that I said that women's basketball was popular,
0: um, and Kyle just confirmed it. <laughs> How dare it. you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about Taylor Swift. Don't <laughs> yeah. talk about
2: women's sports. <laughs> Don't it's, encourage
0: it's a, them. It's yeah. on the list. I, I am not allowed to talk about it, but uh, I will say Kyle's <laughs> bringing the facts.
1: So I brought this up, up at the bar, too, and everyone uh, at the bar agrees, just, just in case you were wondering, like who would be the biggest star? It's like there isn't one in men's basketball that's bigger than Caitlin Clark. There just isn't. And I think no. that's what the guy was saying when we were, when you were talking with Eamon about this the other day, which right. is like, it's just, it would be her. Uh, when it we're talking her. about it, household name, headlines, whatever. Like it is who,
0: her. Who's, who's the biggest celebrity in men's basketball is the next question. And it's Bronny James. Like he's the <laughs> most known. He's, <laughs> he's the most known. Like if you go to a general person and you're like, who's in college basketball that you know, they would not say Zach Eady. I Unfortunately. They would say Bronny James and then, <laughs> then you'd have to be like, okay, well, let me, let me break that down for you. Yeah. I can't think of anybody.
2: Yeah. Even, even the ED doesn't rise to that level. Yeah.
0: I mean, Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, like, you Jones, guys that, know, that, no one, no one that Jones, don't he name J- yeah. Jared, Jared McCain, <laughs> Jared McCain could be a guy at Duke, but like, I don't, I don't think the general fan, you know, knows who he is. I would say Elliot Cadeau. I think he's the biggest, uh, in my heart, but, uh, you know. I'll leave it there. That's all, all right.
1: Yeah. Kyle, is that, is that everything? You got I just more? wanted to say thank you to the Saturday games. I mean, it were really mm. like there was a lot of close ones. Uh, I, I was in Frolic Room Saturday afternoon, and there's <laughs> TVs, there's three TVs in there, but I was just whipping my head around because li- listen to this. This is Saturday. Butler, Villanova, Clemson, Duke, TCU Baylor, UNC Florida State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Kansas, mm. Iowa State, Georgetown, Providence, Pitt, Miami was close. I mean, this was just, it was really an action packed day everywhere. Like there was overtimes, there was, you know, buzzer beaters. It was fucking awesome. Sorry for cursing, Julian. No, but uh, I really (laughs) won't hear this. I I hope not. (laughs) And I just, I just thought it was a really great day. Sometimes I'm I'm coming there and I'm like, I'm being more positive about college basketball. I'm watching. I'm going to spend my Saturdays and it really didn't let me down. Saturday was really great. I just wanted to say shout out and shout out to Maris who beat Kinesius on uh, Sunday. Did you know that there's two players with a cool name on Maris? There's McCoolie, Uh there's Matt McCool, and then Matt there's Matt McCool, our guy. And then yeah. there's there's a McCooly on the team as well. So Ooh. shout out to them. I, did, I didn't St. know about St. that on Wednesday. Remember that? I didn't know about the extra Cooley, but I. Yeah, I there's do. Siobhan I mean, Cooley and Matt McCool on Maris. They just beat Kenesius and they've got St. Peter's coming up this Wednesday. So good luck to them. So, Supreme Cook was a was a name team guy, right? Did he make? Yeah, it of su- course, Georgetown. Okay. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I mean, so. George
0: Georgetown is. Uh, I mean, they tried their best for the brand purposes. You know, that they, they got a Dontrez Styles off a of, carrot. Like they got a blue blood guy. They got a name guy. They got Epps from Illinois. <laughs> like name you guy know, they they, they they did. They Your did. Your name's Dontres, You're obligated to be a badass. If
2: like you, yeah. you have to Even if you're sort of a passive person, you're like, my name's Dontrez. It's just
0: a badass name. I just got to say. How about Don Trez from Kinston? I mean, God, I mean, that's you're just, you gotta be. There's you gotta power, be. Yeah. You know? There's something there. Um also I I just thought about this as far as stars in college basketball. Caleb Love might be one of those guys that people know. And Caleb Love had a career high this weekend. So Arizona, uh, you know, that's we we need the stars to step up so Caleb Love shout out to you career high 36 points uh, against Oregon and we'll see Oregon on Thursday um, uh, if all things go according to plan so appreciate uh, USC for making that possible appreciate everybody tuning in to One Shining Podcast uh, it is almost February this has been the longest January I think of my life but we're almost there we're almost on the other side and appreciate everybody tuning in and we will be back on Friday see you then Thanks again to our friends at FanDuel. Must be 21 or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccp org/chat in Connecticut, one eight hundred nine with it in Indiana, one or visit KSGamblingHelp.com com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit one eight hundred gambler. in West Virginia, or call one eight hundred five two two four seven hundred in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call one 877 8 hope or text HOPE-NY in New York.